Scripture for this morning is from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us have lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thanks, Laura, for reading. Hey, everybody. So good to be with you, uh, worshiping here, uh, all of you in person and online. Thank you. And uh, did you know that we have about the same number of people on a typical Sunday in person and online? And uh, you actually, usually a few more on, online. But we are all one faith family. And I want you to know that I, I love you all in person and online. And uh, I'm so glad for all of you who are here, and especially those of you who are new today. Uh, welcome. It's great to have you here. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come as the fire and burn. Come as the wind and cleanse. Come as the light and reveal. Show us our sin. Turn us around. Set us apart until we are wholly yours. Amen. Well, today we are continuing a series uh, called Hearts Ablaze, and we're asking God to set our hearts on fire with his love and, and compassion and righteousness. And, and this month, uh, to do this, I picked out a few sermons from John Wesley, and uh, who, he was the founder of the Methodist movement long ago. And I am condensing them and rewriting them so that they work for us in our time. Uh, and today's message comes from... Uh, Wesley's sermon called the scripture the scripture way of salvation now the first time that he preached this that we know is in 1764 Wesley was 59 so that was 25 years after he had his life-changing experience at a Bible study uh, on Aldersgate Street in London and by this time the, the Methodist movement had, had flourished, it had grown all over Britain and in America and other places. Well, on the day that, that Wesley preached this, his, his message was, was based on a verse, which was Ephesians 2, verse 8. It's one of the verses that Laura just read for us. 
And it is one of the most important verses and powerful verses in all of the Bible. And I hope that, you know, you're going to learn it by heart. And so think of that. Okay, write this down. Pastor Steve says, learn this one by heart because you want to have this bedrock of truth in your life. Here it is. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Let's say it together, shall we? For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Uh, Wesley focused on just a portion of this verse for his sermon, and it's this part. You have been saved through faith. And he said, sometimes we can really overcomplicate Christianity. I suppose that would be true for any religion. Uh, and I would be the first to admit that the Bible is a complicated book. And we're going to be looking about, at that more next month. But God made its main message, the gospel, so simple and clear that a child can understand it. And the goal of this gospel is our salvation. And we receive this salvation through faith. Salvation through faith. You, are, you have been saved through faith. Now, when you read the entire Bible, you'll probably notice that there's examples of faith and salvation on just about every page. So if we're going to grasp its, men, its uh, message, we need to learn what those two things are, faith and salvation. And today we're going to walk through uh, three questions. What is salvation? What is the faith through which we are saved? And how are we saved through faith? First question, what is salvation? I love this question. What, what, what bigger, better question is there to talk about uh, as Jesus' people gather together? I talk about this one in my faith walk class that I lead a few times a year. It is easy to assume that salvation is just about going to heaven when we die, which is a big thing. But it's only a slice of the pie. And God gives us the whole pie, which is good because I love pie, right? You see, salvation begins right here, right now. The Apostle Paul tells Jesus' people, you have been saved, so Past experience points to present reality. Because you have been saved, you are now saved. Two weeks ago, I talked about this salvation, and, and I talked about how uh, what God does for us and what God does in us. What God does for us is to forgive all our sins. Our relationship with God is fully restored. The Bible calls it justification. It's a big word. Justification. To be justified means that you are put right with God. The ledger is wiped clean. Your sins are removed as far as the east and from the west. That's right, east and west. Uh, you, have, you have received a full pardon. Jesus paid your debt in full. You are justified. That's what God does for you. Today, I want to talk about what God does in you, changing you transforming you to be, like, to be more like Jesus. The Bible calls this 
sanctification, another big word. To be sanctified means to be made holy. And the process of being sanctified begins when you are justified. The old you loves pleasure, comfort, fame, money, pride, anger, and self-will. But God is in the, in the business of creating the new you, changing what you love and how you think so that you adopt more and more the, the mind of Christ with humility and self-sacrifice, commitment, peace, and surrender to God. A friend of mine had a really dramatic born-again experience, and his life turned around immediately. And it was... <laughs> It was huge change, praise the Lord. And for a while it seemed to him that God had just removed all the sin from his heart and that he had no, no longer had any sinful desires. He felt so free from temptation, he began to figure that it was going to go on like this forever. But after a while, he realized that just like everybody else, he still is going to face temptations and besides that, his human sinful desires, what the Bible calls the flesh, those desires were not gone completely. The battle's not over. And it's the same for all of us. The desire to put pleasure, comfort, fame, money, pride, anger, and self-will above all else, it's not gone. We still feel it. We still experience it. The battle's not over. But God's holiness and love are at work in our hearts every day, day by day, helping us to win those battles. And if we do, you know, lose a battle, if we stumble and fall into sin, the Lord picks us up and reassures us that we are forgiven and helps us start along our way. 1 John uh, chapter 1, verse 9 is, is a, this makes this bold promise. Here's another one you ought to learn by heart. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins. That's what God does for us. And purify us from all unrighteousness. That's what God does in us. When you belong to Jesus, God is always at work in you, sanctifying you, cleansing you by the power of the Spirit. Romans 8, 4 says, that we do not live according to the flesh, that is, by our sinful desires, but according to the Spirit. By the power of the Spirit, we give in less and less to sin, and we give it less and less room in our lives, and we become more and more alive to God. So that was the first question, what is salvation? And we learned that salvation is not just eternal life forever. It's also new life right now. Uh, and, and that new life includes justification, the pardoning of our sins and putting us in a right relationship with God, and then turning us away from our sins and filling us with love. Second question, what is the faith through which we are saved? It's, it's living by faith in Christ. Galatians 2.20 says, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I love that verse. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his, 
himself for me. Uh, I'm going to share a few verses. It's the faith that believes and receives Christ. Uh, John 1.12 says, To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It's the faith that reconciles me to God. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. And that includes me. He was reconciling me in Christ. It's the faith in which the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts, reassuring us that, that we do belong to God. And, and this is one of John Wesley's uh, favorite verses, was Romans 8, 16. It says, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children, that the Spirit is speaking into our hearts, letting us know, you're one of mine. You're my child. Now, through faith in Jesus, we then have the confidence to say, I have been saved and I am saved. And it's not because of me. It's all amazing grace. God does the big work. He's the one who justifies and sanctifies. Faith is simply receiving this wonderful salvation. I, I like a story I, I heard many years ago. It did not come from John Wesley, though. And, and I cannot tell you that it really happened, <laughs> just that I like the story and that the image has really stuck with me. Maybe it will you, too. Many years ago, a performer at Niagara Falls was dazzling spectators by walking across the falls, balancing on a tightrope. Can you imagine that? And the performer then asked the audience if they believed that he could push a wheelbarrow across the falls on that tightrope. And, of course, the crowd wanted to see it, so they all cheered, yes, we believe you can do it. And then the performer asked, and who of you will get into the wheelbarrow? <laughs> Suddenly the crowd grew quiet. No, no one raised their hands. I don't think I would have either. As the story goes, a child leaped into the wheelbarrow and off they went across the falls. Now, today that, por that performer would be arrested for trying a stunt like that, especially with a child. <laughs> but besides that, I like what a picture of faith that it is. Faith is not just sitting on the sidelines and saying, oh, yes, we believe in you over there. It's putting yourself in the Savior's wheelbarrow and trusting your life in his hands to take you across to the other side. That's the faith through which we are saved. Now, third question. How are we saved through faith? Being saved is not, as you've heard me say before, it's not about what we achieve. It's not about trying our best to be good enough so God will have accept us. God accepts us simply because of our faith. It's a wonderful thing. Ephesians 2, the end of verse 8 and verse 9, say this so clearly, and this, meaning this salvation, is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast, you know, I still see some Christians today that mistakenly believe that, that turning our lives around, it's, it's, it's all up to them. 
You know, it's a self-help project, and, uh, and, and I just have to keep trying harder, trying and trying and trying harder. You know, you don't find that in Scripture. John Wesley said, he said, I have continually testified in, in, testified in private and in public that we are both justified and sanctified by faith. Just as we are justified by faith, we are, so we are sanctified by faith. Our lives are not changed just because we're trying a little harder. We're trying to gut it out. Our lives are changed by trusting more than trying. And we are not saved by our good works. We are saved for good works. You see, good works are not the cause of our salvation. They are the result of our salvation. And that's what it says in Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork. Another translation says we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we are not saved by good works. We are saved by grace through faith for the good works that God has in mind for us. And that's why we do what we do here at Faith Westwood. That's why we have the pantry. Um, and we bless our neighbors. You know, the last two times we've had the pantry open, we've had more patrons come those two times than we've had in years since before the pandemic. And that's why we, we try to do little things to assist our unchurched friends uh, with the Blessed Friends Fund. And so if you have somebody you know who lives locally and doesn't have a church and you're praying for them and they need some, a little help, lo let me know. I'll talk to the Blessed Friends Committee. We are eager to, to make gifts to people like that. And that's why we gave money last week to uh, our sister church, Iglesia Communitaria in South Omaha, uh, as they are having their uh, vacation Bible school this month. And that's why we've got a team that makes prayer blankets and, and prayer shawls and baby blankets that any of us can just go grab, pick them up anytime, take them out the door, and, and we give it away to somebody that we know that we're praying for. And that's why we bless the neighborhood. You know, we, we try to take care of, of the Oaks Park across the street, and we try to do everything we can to be a good neighbor and serve at Central Middle School next door. And that's why we're always trying to learn better to be a blessed friend to those who don't yet know Christ. We, we don't do these things to try to prove to God that we're worthy we do these things out of gratitude for the God who, who loves us sinners and, and, and sent his son to save us. I want to add one more question that, that Wesley answers in this sermon, and that is how, can God, how much can God sanctify us in this life? That's a good question, kind of a, a sticky question. Another way to say it is how good and righteous and loving can we become in this life? Now, before I could be ordained as a Methodist preacher, I had to answer several historic questions that Wesley always asked his preachers. Uh, and, and one of the questions I was asked is, do you expect to be made perfect in love in this life? 
Do you expect to be made perfect in love in this life? And the only acceptable answer is, uh (laughs) uh-oh. No, not really. The only acceptable answer is, I do. And this isn't just for preachers. If I were to ask you, do you expect to be made perfect in love in this life? What would you say? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. The phrase perfect love is in the Bible, uh, but it's not an absolute perfection. None of us are going to be that have that kind of perfection in this life. It's not, the, it's not the perfection that we will enjoy in heaven. John Wesley described it this way. He said, it's a love that excludes sin, fills the heart, and occupies the whole capacity of the soul. I'm not exactly sure what all that means. <laughs> I, re- I read a book uh, recently about overcoming compulsive behavior. And I can't get much into it today, but I do want to share with you two of the strategies that I think are helpful. First, never expect failure. Second, give yourself grace when you do fail. Never expect failure. Give yourself grace when you do fail. you got to hang on to both of those. Never expect to fail. Once you set up your uh, plan to not give in to this compulsive behavior, uh, you've got to tell yourself that you're going to carry this out perfectly. Now, don't get freaked out by the word perfectly, okay? Just take it one day at a time. Some of you remember uh, my friend Darren Carlson used to worship here, and uh, he gave me permission to tell his story um, today to you. Uh, <clears throat> Darren's a recovering alcoholic and uh, just celebrated five years of sobriety. Now, Darren's not perfect. He'll be the first to tell you that. But he has been perfect in staying sober for five years. He's been counting on God to keep him sane and sober one day at a time for 1,825 days. And he expects to do the same again today. The sanctified life that we receive by faith is always about putting our trust in Christ now. When we're tempted, we ask him to lead us away from that temptation now. When we're weak, we trust that his grace is sufficient to strengthen us now. When we're lacking love, we ask God to help us do the loving thing now. You know, I never want to start the day by saying, well, Lord, I'm going to intentionally sin today, just so you know. I'm going to act unlovingly, and I'm going to disobey you today, just just so you know, you're prepared. I never want to expect that. I want to start each day trusting in the Lord to to give me what I need to stay faithful to him. Failure at this moment is not inevitable. You hear me? Failure at any specific moment is not inevitable because you belong to a faithful God. You're counting on the Lord's help now. All you have to do is live by faith now and then keep stringing those nows together. And that's what it means to be made perfect in love in this life. 
It may not be continuous, but it's possible. And if we fail, then what? Well, then by, by faith we fall upon the grace of God and we lay our sins before the Lord and we count them into him to forgive us and to set our hearts free and we, we make whatever amends that we have to make and then we just start over. Right? And now God is calling you to receive this salvation. Bring whatever faith you have. It might be a little, it might be a lot, doesn't matter. Put your faith in Jesus who loves you and gave himself for you. And you will be justified, pardoned of all your sins. And you will be sanctified, made holy as you learn to live by faith. My friends, now is the time to respond to this call, to God's call. Don't refuse such a wonderful salvation. There is no better time to respond than now. It's always in the now. So will you say yes to the gift? Will you say yes to the gift of salvation? Will you put your faith in him and believe in him and receive in him? time is now let's pray Lord God I, I believe there are several here today in person and online who have not yet received this salvation through faith in Christ and Holy Spirit um, you are calling them you are nudging them wrestling with them prompting them to turn to Jesus and put their whole faith in him and now all of us who have the assurance of our salvation and those who do not together we pray yes Lord I'm yours save me not by what I achieve but simply by what I receive by faith please forgive all my sins and change me transform me make me your new creation day by day and now I'd like to give you a couple of minutes to continue in silent prayer bringing to God whatever is on your hearts and uh, you are free to pray where you're seated or you can come forward to stand or kneel at the steps